imagine the emotional swing in retiring after 34 and a half years from, min from pastoral ministry. But I want us to do our best. You hear me? I want us to do our best to make him just fit right in. The transition, easy. Let, let me give you a little in, inside information here that I wouldn't talk about normally, but uh, I didn't evangelize more than a couple of years. My son has been on the field a lot longer than that. But it is common practice if an evangelist is in a man's pulpit and someone gets inspired in the church because of his ministry, it happens so frequently that a person of inspiration will come up and shake hands with an evangelist, and in that hand is a private little offering. Right. Yep. A private, because that person feels inspired. It's common practice in ministry for that evangelist, that visiting speaker, to tell it to the pastor. But you don't have to do that here with this man. You hear me? Right. I'm telling you, we have an open door. I'm inviting you to be a blessing to these people in yes. any way you want any capacity or form that you want. All right? So any offering you want Amen. to bring to them at any time, you do that. They, they are here, and we are going to be blessed by their presence. Praise God. Yes. Next Sunday is Father's Day, and Pastor Churchill is going to be preaching for us next Sunday. Yes. I'm excited about that. Every person that walks with the Lord or is a part of the kingdom of God or part of the flock or church has a pastor. Even preachers have pastors. And this is my pastor, and I honor him. I respect him. I love him. Uh, to me, he's the best preacher on planet Earth. Someone told me about a big name, a big name in our state recently, and I'm not here to degrade anybody. But I meant what I said was they ought to ask him to sit down and let you preach. <laughs> I meant that. I meant that. God is so good. God is so good. Would you come, please, and bless the people today? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Heron. <clears throat> with his blood, with his blood, he's washed us. By his power, he has saved us. So to God be the glory for great things yes. he has done. Amen. He said, I, if I be lifted up. Right. Not somebody in this pulpit. Not some, as you say, big name evangelist. He said, I will draw all men unto me. Amen. We, uh, my wife and I, our family can't say enough uh, for the way you have just welcomed us. Of course, over the years, I've preached here many times, and I, I just feel a very closeness to this congregation. And to you people, you've always been very, very close. But when we decided to move to, to Palmer, people would look at me and say, Palmer? Yeah, yeah Palmer! Woo! Amen. I'm not going to have to fight traffic to get to the fair. I live right behind the fairgrounds. Five minutes from the golf course. Amen. Life is good, folks. <laughs> but I'll tell you what real life is. is gathering in this place 
feeling the sweet, sweet presence of the Lord. Do you know there are people that go to church on a regular basis for years and years and years and never once feel the real touch and blessings of God? We're so blessed, saints. So blessed. We love you. If, you know, anything we can do for you, we're more than willing to do it. And words cannot express our love and appreciation for Pastor and Sister Harry. It's just good to be in Palmer, and as my wife and I said, it's good to feel back home. I am not joking when I say that I recall three years of assisting Pastor Churchill in Kenai, and he seemed to have a memory loss this morning concerning I remember distinctly minutes before service, more than a handful of times. <laughs> Saying to me, something's come up. So and so canceled on me. Etc., etc. Can you be ready in five minutes? <laughs> and so I said to him this morning, you ready to preach today? Payback was sweet. And then I remember you had Robert Bear preach. Robert Bear, just in my opinion, Evangelist tips his hat to no one. I mean, he is a preaching machine, was a preaching machine. And I recall after his revival, I mean, the place was electric, every service he was just on, spot on. And powerful move of God that week. And then the following service, which was like three or four days later, whatever after the revival. He asked me to preach, and I thought, oh, my people are so full. But I remember all those things, praise God. I remember all those things. Happy birthday, Sister Kim Churchill, today. We love her. Praise God. Mr. Churchill, would you greet the congregation? I am so thankful just to be in the presence of God. And you know, we don't leave the presence of God when we leave church. We're in his presence all of the time. But there's something very special. The Bible tells us not to forsake the gathering of ourselves together because we share strength. Somehow, when we're together, we emanate from one another strength. And, and courage and encouragement and, and we draw new inspiration from one another. And I am so thankful to be here with all of you. You are going to be great inspirational people to me. I know that. 
I've already bragged on your congregation to other people. I had to be down in Kenai uh, part of this week, and uh, everybody, yesterday was cleanup day at camp, and I have to be in charge of that yet for a little bit. But um, So the other churches were gathering around, and they were all, oh, Sister Churchill, are you going to be okay? <laughs> Is this going to be all right? What's going to happen to you? And I was so thrilled to tell them, God has handed us a brand new family, and I'm so thankful to be with you. Thank God. He is so good. Brother Churchill and I have been doing ministry for almost 51 years together, and each of us were ministering prior to our marriage to one another. And every place we've ever been and everything we've ever done, God has provided for our every need. And I am here to offer you that encouragement today. It does not matter what comes against you. It may be turbulent for a little bit, but God is going to take care of you at all times. Yes. And we will, we will push ourselves in, if that's the correct terminology, both of these fine folks ministry yes. give them a platform to teach from frequently and often frequently often in the future sister churchill wonderful singer wonderful teacher yes. preacher and we will with your allowance sir we will utilize her ministry as well praise the lord i see they already dismissed the kids without me dismissing them today i guess they were ambitious but I invite you to open your Bibles today, the 31st chapter of the book of Exodus, and also the 91st chapter of Psalms. I heard a couple of brothers talk about that particular verse Wednesday night. We're looking at Exodus 31, sort of a lengthy reading, but I'll, I'll hurry through it, and then 91 of Psalm verse 1. Everybody ready? Say amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold, silver, and in brass, and in cutting of stones, set them and in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded thee. Now, who's talking here? God is. The tabernacle of the congregation, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat that is thereupon, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, and the table and his furniture, and the pure candlestick with all his furniture, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his furniture, and the labor and his foot, 
and the clause of service and the holy garments for Aaron and Aaron the priest, excuse me, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office, and the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee shall they do. Psalm 91, verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Read that with me. Everybody ready? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Going to teach or talk today from this title, The Shadow of God. Shadow of God. Look at somebody say it with me. The Shadow of God. Lord bless you. You may be seated today. Anytime you talk extensively about the tabernacle or the temple of God, three names always come up. Moses, Solomon, and Zerubbabel. They were the inspiration, the conduit that received the plan from God to either make or remake the meeting place for the people of God. Moses, Solomon, or Zerubbabel. Am I right? But let's take another look today. Bezalel was the chief artisan of the tabernacle. His job was to build it exactly as God conveyed it to Moses. Hebrews 8, verse 5, Exodus 25. His job was to take, not alter, not fudge, not change, but whatever God said to Moses and Moses gave to Bezalel, he said, you do it just like that. Don't change it, don't alter it, don't justify your personal take on it, just build it as the plan, say, to build it. Bezalel means in the shadow of God. The name Bezalel means in the shadow of God. Bezalel was given a skilled apprentice by the name of Aholiab. Aholiab means the tent of the Father. You talk about divine destiny. <laughs> when you have the shadow of God and the tent of the Father working according to one set of plans. It's good to be a part of something that begins to come together and you realize this is bigger than you and I. This is bigger than just my opinion or your personal take. There's something greater than us involved. Bezalel is listed in the genealogy of 1 Chronicles chapter 20 as the grandson of Hur. Hur is the man that assisted Aaron on the mountain when they held up, Exodus 17, held up the hands of the man of God, Moses. Aaron was on one side and Hur was on the other, and the common goal was to keep Moses' hands in the air. You may not believe it today, but we all play a specific purpose in keeping the hands of ministry in the air. I don't mean to take on myself anything more than I'm supposed to or ministry more, but if we fail, guarantee you it's going to affect the body more than just a little bit here and there. What Moses needed when his hands grew tired was men. He didn't call for elders or ministry or this or that. He just needed men, willing, skillful men. 
Hallelujah. Nelson's Bible Dictionary said that Bezalel was highly gifted. I'm quoting as a skilled workman, gifted in artistic originality, gifted in artistic engraving, gifted in artistic skill with precious metal and stone, gifted in artistic carving of wood. Bezalel, the shadow of God. And according to Exodus 35, Bezalel was given from God numerous apprentices, but Aholiab was the first and the foremost. He was what would represent the tent of the Almighty. You've got the shadow of God and the tent of the Almighty working together with one set of plans. It's so good when people come together and set aside pride and set aside specific goals and personal ambitions. Here's the desired result. Let's just work and get that done. And as long as God gets the glory, who cares who gets the credit, right? Who cares if you get credited as long as God gets the glory? But Aholiab was the first. He was what God had divinely chosen to be a right-hand man to Bezalel, who was a right-hand man Amen. to Moses, to the work of the tabernacle, I should say. And of course, God understands, Pastor Churchill, that a work so immense can't be accomplished by one person. Do you know today, 3-9 of 1 Corinthians, that we are laborers together with God? Laborers together with God. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, that two are better than one. Right? And, and Solomon said in Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. There's no way that we could undertake such a task if we have personal goals in the forefront. It's got to be God's will first and last. So our text shows that Bezalel was not only called, but he was endowed. He was gifted. I could even go as far as saying someone like a man of Brother Stacy Hull's skill set. And I know there's numerous of you in here that are extremely gifted very gifted. You can see things in your mind and you can know why it needs to be this way and not that way. And I know you roll your eyes when you're working with people like me who don't even know which hand the hammer goes in. But God doesn't do things by accident. Just watch people with a skill set work. It's amazing the little corners that I cut or I don't pay attention to. They are in great concern over detail. That's endowed. They have knowledge. They have an ability to make plans come into fruition. But Bezalel was called and endowed to construct the tent, to build the furniture, to, to I don't know how you make oil and incense. It takes a lot of work and knowledge, but that was part of his job. And also his job was to make the coverings, the clothing of the ministry. Here you've got a man that we're never told preach one sermon. He's putting up the walls. He's building the chairs. He's building the altar. He's building the garments for the ministry, constructing them, making them. 
My point being this, that God called men. I didn't say ministers, but men. Faithful men that set their hand to the plow and said, you can count on me, pastor. I'll do the work. They've got their, finger, their fingerprints all over the construction of a church. Everywhere you go, their handiwork is so obvious. The structure of the church, and it does not stop at the ministry. This blew my mind, as shallow as it is, it doesn't take much to blow it. But one day I was just reading through Exodus 31, and I just got all hung up on verse 7. When it talked about what Bezalel personally did, he built the altar and he built the ark and he even built the mercy seat. I said, a man built the mercy seat. A man built the altar. So if you're looking for a perfect church that doesn't have the fingerprints of humanity on it, you're going to be searching a long time because God chooses designated people, skilled people, endowed human beings. If I've heard it once from Brother Stacy, I've heard it 50 times in the construction of this building. Pastor, you just tell me how you want it to look in the end. I can't say that about everybody. There's been some head-butting. told you last week I'd never go through a remodel again, ever. You couldn't pay me enough. Head-butting. Claws out. I can honestly say that man has never said one thing to me other than, you just tell me how you want it to look. If you want it red, tell me. You want it black, tell me. You want it white, purple. So thankful for that. He even built the cherubims. How can the hands of soiled humanity have such extensive work in the kingdom of heaven. Because, brother, when you walked into that Holy of Holies, it wasn't a game then. They weren't playing church there. But man's hands were on every single inch of the kingdom of God's work on planet Earth. So when you tell yourself some lazy excuse, well, I can't do that, I'm not gifted, I better not get involved, I haven't been appointed or called. Please don't bother trying to tell me that. Somewhere in the work of God, somewhere in the tabernacle of God, there's a work that God has called you to accomplish. Teach Bible studies. Pray somebody through. Get involved in Sunday school. Go to outreach. God called men. I thank the Lord for them. But, of course, it's all done under the covering, under a holy ab supervision, the tent of the Father. Thank God for men that look over your shoulder and say, let's don't do it that way. We need to re or we'll have to redo it. People with knowledge and skill sets. Thank the Lord for Bezalels among us. Aholiabs among us. David said in Psalm 17:8, he prayed for a refuge under the shadow of God's wings. Under the shadow of God's wings. That's not some mystical place or position that only he can find out in the desert somewhere. It just meant a little closer place next to God, Brother Toaston. That, that the enemies may be firing their weaponry all around me, but David said, would you just draw me a little closer, God, under the shadow of your wings? I could say it boldly today. We all need to find a place a little closer to God. Don't you think so? 
a little deeper walk, Brother Dan, a little more intense relationship with God. If you're satisfied with what you are in the kingdom, you're not understanding what I'm saying today. We should be content with what we are, what we have, sure. But we should always have a knowledge to grow, a desire to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, the Apostle Paul called himself a wise master builder. Hmm. Inspiring thought, Brother Rick. Wise master builder, but Paul never laid one finger to the physical construction of the temple. But there's a different building in the New Testament being discussed than this tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon or the temple of even Zerubbabel the times of the Lord. Solomon spent seven years, the Bible tells us, constructing the temple. He spent 13 years building his own house. That's in your Bible. I wonder what gets most of our time and attention, Brother Carlos, in life. The work of God or the work of me? Hello. I said Solomon spent seven years building the temple. And nearly twice that working on his own house. I know I could say, well, that is because working on family is a lifetime project. I understand that. It takes more. But I do believe this, that wherever you place your heart, wherever, wherever you place value in life, God will bless you. God will bless you if your priorities are right. If home is more important to you than the kingdom of God, then you don't understand the value of your place in building the church. Oh, they don't notice me when I'm missing on Sunday morning. You are kidding yourself. You hear me in the back? You're kidding yourself. Over the side, you're kidding yourself. Where do we spend most of our time and energy? On things of me or on building the kingdom of God? All right, so remember what Bezaleel means, the shadow of God. He was the chief artist construct the tabernacle of Moses, to build things with intricate detail. Bezalel, the shadow of God. So fast forward with me 1,500 years to the book of Acts. And in chapter 5, there's such a revival going on in Jerusalem that they're bringing the sick and the lame into the streets on beds and cots, and they're laying them, hoping, verse 15, Acts 5, that at least the shadow of Peter... At the least, the shadow of Peter might pass by some of them. And they weren't hoping just to meet and greet and hobnob with big names in church. They were looking for a miracle. They were sick and needed healing. They were lost and needed to be saved. What, what kind of crazy faith do we have today in the kingdom of God? What extent will we go to to get people into the rich presence of the Lord? I, I just not my thing. I can't go to outreach. Someone needs to reach your neighbor. Someone needs to knock on their door and hand them a dozen cookies and with an invite to Sunday school or to Father's Day service next Sunday. Oh, I'm going to be embarrassed. They'll make fun of me. They already do. You were one of those that made fun of us before you came in. God has an amazing way working things out. 
Bezalel means the shadow of God. And here they are 1,500 years later hoping that just the shadow of Peter. You see, Peter's got a plan now. Bezalel's plans are extinct. They're expired. Even Solomon's temple that Zerubbabel tried to reconstruct, or I guess he did, but on a much lesser scale. That's not the significant point of worship in Jerusalem anymore. Bible said that Peter received a plan in Matthew 16. Let's look at it, verse 17 through 19. And Jesus answered and said unto him, talking to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Wait a second. What did Jesus just say to Peter? You've got something inside of you, a message that you didn't get at Bible school. You didn't get a camp meeting. You didn't get in Sunday morning service. You got this from one person. The tent of the Father, the covering of God Almighty. We hear a lot about that today in, in church circles. Under the covering of this pastor, under the covering of this man's prayers. It is Bible. I think it's misused, but it is Bible. I don't have time to go into that. But he said, you got this from my Father, which is in heaven. Verse 18 and 19, please. He said, so I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19, and I will give to you. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody, no matter what your background. My wife's background is Catholic. I'm not throwing stones at anybody. But the Pope is not the one that got this message. You hear me? No man besides one. Peter, the man given the plan. I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. There's the plan. Now, now we don't have to worry about who's the chief artist of the physical building. We've got to obey the message of the man that received the plan on the day of Pentecost. Peter said, I got something to say to you. Peter said, I've got a message from God. We're going to build the kingdom of God with these plans. And I know there's a religious, strong religious uh, pull toward binding and loosing being the plan that builds the church. And of course, that's not what Jesus was trying to emphasize. He just said, I'm giving you power now to carry out these plans. Anything in your way, you got the might behind you to, to bind it or to loose help in constructing the, the kingdom of God. Because we know what Acts 17, 24 said, that now he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. And we know, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, you are the temple. 1 Corinthians 3, 20, you are the temple of God now. So Peter's plan was this, of course. The day of Pentecost, he stood up and preached. Men and brethren, and 120, about, received the Holy Ghost. And then just a moment later, 3,000 received the Holy Ghost. And then another moment later, 5,000. God's plans work is what I'm trying to say. When we do it God's way, it works. When we twist it all up and come from a personal take is when we clog the wheels of God from being successful. I want to do it God's way today. The shadow of God. I, I feel like I'm speaking simply, synonymously here, just types and shadows. 
I feel like it's safe to tell you today that every time you're a witness for truth's sake, every time you knock on a door or invite your neighbor or tell someone at work, have you repented of your sins? Ask them at work. Have you ever been born again of water and spirit? You're under the covering. I believe you're under that covering of the message, the covering of the ministerial message to the lost. The shadow of God. Of course, the shadow isn't some mysterious physical thing. It's the impression or the influence of. I had a man in this pulpit that I, that I greatly disagreed with said, he quoted Acts, verse, Acts 6, verse 7, the word of God grew and multiplied, and he laughed and made fun of it. Ha, 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 that's a miswording, he said, in the King James, because the word of God can't grow. I beg to differ with you. The influence is what he's talking about, of the word of God grows. It goes from this circle to that wall, from that wall to that roof line. The influence of the kingdom of God grows. Why? Because the shadow of God. You're working under the confines, the plans of God's plan, message, I should say. The plans of his message. So don't let the devil kid you and fool you and trick you into believing you have nothing to say. It's not true. It's not true. He chose men and women just like you to be integral parts constructing the temple and the tabernacle. And he chose you today to be a part of constructing the work in Palmer, Alaska. I believe it. I believe it. So he went from the day of Pentecost, he went from the, the divine revelation of Peter to Peter to the day of Pentecost to 3,000 to 5,000. And you'll never convince me this isn't true. Somewhere down the road he saw a church, an apostolic church in Palmer, Alaska. Believe it with all my heart. With young men and young ladies that are willing and hungry and ambitious to follow the plan. Sure, everybody's allowed an opinion, a spin, a take. But when it comes to the divine plan of God to build the church, my opinions don't matter. And he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. My opinion doesn't matter. That's a commandment of God. To forgive your brothers, that's a commandment of God. Let me just say this in closing today. That Exodus 31 says a lot about furniture and specific items in the temple, in the tabernacle. But that mercy seat, that mercy seat, and I don't mean to address people who sin intentionally and then run to God for mercy purposely. I'm talking about real people like you and I that just fall occasionally. We stumble. We say things we shouldn't. We think things we shouldn't. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That mercy seat is for you and I. But brother, we, we had better have our fingerprints on it. Not our opinions above it. But our work there. We ought to be a welcoming a welcoming harbor of mercy to people coming to God. The moment, the moment we say, well, when you straighten this up, I'll help you over here, is when we get out away from the plan of God in that tabernacle. The mercy seat. When that man of God came to the mercy seat once a year, brother, everything could be handled. Everything could be fixed then. When people are looking for mercy from God, it's time to let them fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Stay out of their ear if you want them to do calisthenics in the spirit to prove their ambition to you as a Christian. Please. It's 
God's will that we have a plan, that we be ready, that we be a house of mercy. Isn't that what Bethesda meant? House of mercy. House of mercy. Thank God. People that are just intelligent, knowledgeable, strong, willing, and yet in the back of their mind they know I've got to do this just like God said to do it. Let's stand. Thank you for your mercy, God, today. Thank you, Lord, for that, that reach, God, of the influence of your spirit, that area, that arena, that circle, God, of influence. Thank you for it today. Thank you, Lord God, that we are here by design and not by accident. We're here, Lord God, by appointment, not just by circumstance. Come on, friends in the back, come and pray with me today. Young man, young lady, come and pray today, sis. Are you under the shadow of God today? Have you repented of your sins this morning? That's Bible. First thing he commanded was repent. You want to get under that shadow, that influence of protection and mercy come and repent today if never repented it just means knowing where you go when you don't want to go and turning away from that if we confess our sins first John 1 9 he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness God we bless your holy name come on what about you today brother what about you today, sister? What about you today, friend? God has called you and placed you to take it seriously, God. Take it seriously, Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you need a healing in your bodies today. Some of you need the Holy Ghost today. In the name of Jesus. Be bashful, brother and sister. You have not because you ask not. Help me, God, today. Help me, God, today to put my hands to the plow and not look back. Help me, God, today to be a part of the answer, the solution, not the problems. To build, to work, to witness, to tell. Help me, Jesus. I love you today, God. Mercy. God, mercy. Crawl under that tent covering of the tent. Crawl into that shadow of God Almighty. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where are you living today? Where are you living today? Sweet God of mercy. Sweet God of 